You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our mantra here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Over 2,400 subscribers. Again, my goal, I think our goal should be to get to 3,000 by week one. So we have four weeks to do that. Thank you so much to everyone so far who has subscribed to the show and supported the show over on YouTube. And thanks, everyone who checks us out wherever they like to find their favorite podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all the rest. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's my name right there in front of you. Very easy because every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me at Julian Council or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. As you can hear... I am a lot more refreshed than I was yesterday after driving back from a wedding weekend in Chattanooga. I had a flight. American decided to cancel it because of weather. The weather was picture perfect the entire time driving back through Tennessee and in North Carolina. Have no idea how this happened, but, you know, it's American. We deal with it a lot of times, and the reason why I tried to fly back was so I wouldn't be put in a position to be dog-tired and trying to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Typically, when I have those kind of deals, I would like to maybe record something ahead of time. But training camp's going on. You got to have stuff fresh. Got to react to what happened on Friday and Saturday. Didn't have the option to do something evergreen. That's okay, though. I'm back here. I'm feeling better. And there's some things to talk about as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers uh, quarterback room and the ongoing competition between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Now, early reports on Monday morning from Benjamin Albright. He is a NFL insider, reporter, covers the Denver Broncos for KOA, the radio station out there in Denver, Colorado. I typically tell y'all, if a TV guy, like a TV reporter or a radio host tells you something, they're likely not going to be correct. Albright is one of the lone exceptions, as this man's pretty well sourced. So when I saw that report on Monday that the Panthers were reportedly shopping Sam Darnold, but couldn't find any teams interested at his current salary of $18.858 million. That was not necessarily a surprising thing at all, considering that, well, what team is dumb enough to pay Sam Darnold nearly $19 million this season? Oh, yeah, the Carolina Panthers. What other team out there wants to sign up for that? Seems to be none. So that part of it was not surprising. Now, seeing that the Panthers were shopping him in a way was because there haven't been any significant quarterback injuries as of yet. That would lead me to believe any team would be interested, not really interested, but desperate enough to trade for Sam Darnold. That's not the case. Albright did later on go back and correct himself, saying that a league source called countering earlier sourcing, um, strongly denying that the team making calls and shopping Darnold. So... That's not happening at all. Joe Person from The Athletic also said the same thing. Ellis Williams from the Charlotte Observer also said the same thing. Whatever Albright heard originally is not true. And general manager here in Carolina, Scott Fitter, told Sam Darnold that we're not trying to shop you, Sam. 
there's no way I can trade you without having to give up a ton of assets. And I've already gotten a bad habit of giving up assets. And we're not really trying to do the same thing that Cleveland had to do to get rid of Baker with you. So no, we're not shopping you mainly because, well, no one wants you at this point in time, and which is kind of sad to hear. Everyone wants to be wanted, but clearly the Carolina Panthers don't necessarily want Sam Darnold. They're just really stuck with him at this point in time. And Matt Rule was asked about it by Joe Person, and he continues to throw out the stat of 12 out of the 32 NFL teams last year played with one quarterback for all 17 games, and apparently the average over the last five years is that 41% of the teams in the league during that period of time have been able to play with only one quarterback through a full regular season, yada, yada, yada. And he maintains that the plan is for the Panthers to keep one, two, three quarterbacks. Because, duh, you drafted Matt Corral, you can't get rid of him. You traded for Baker Mayfield. You're not getting rid of him. You owe Sam Darnold $18.858 million, regardless of whether he's on the roster or not. So it would be dumb to cut the man, and you can't trade him. So, yeah, the Panthers are going to have three quarterbacks on the roster this year, meaning, P.J. Walker, you're the odd man out. And it's funny to me. Multiple times now, Matt Rule has not even mentioned P.J. Walker when talking about their plan to keep three quarterbacks. He mentions Matt Corral because, of course, he mentions Baker and Sam because those are the guys competing for the starting job here. No mention of P.J. Walker. We've known for weeks now, and really since Baker Mayfield was traded here to Carolina, that P.J. would be the odd man out. It still is, in a way, kind of funny that Matt Rule won't even mention this man's name after he played for him back in college and successfully has gone 2-0 as a starting quarterback with the best winning percentage of any of the starters here during the Matt Rule tenure the last two seasons. Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo, both NFL insiders for the NFL Network, were down at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on Monday for training camp. And Rappaport was talking about how it's become clear that it's Baker Mayfield's job to lose. Yeah, we knew that back on July 6th when the Panthers traded for him. And Mike Garofolo said that the wow plays, the flash plays, have been more towards Baker Mayfield. And as I said to y'all, Yesterday, when I was dragging ass and just trying for my brain to start working and to get the wheels turning so I could actually try and spit whatever I had in my mind out to you, when you look at Baker and you look at Sam, Sam's going out there and doing the check down captain stuff that he did the first three weeks of the season last year. That worked when Christian was there, when Dan Arnold was there. But once both of those guys were gone after week three and the offensive line was atrocious, Sam Darnold went back to who he's been the previous three years in New York and who he was the rest of the season until maybe later on against New Orleans and Tampa Bay where he was just okay, but again, not spectacular and certainly didn't lead you to believe that he was the long-term answer and the right guy here in Carolina. So far during camp, you're seeing the interceptions and you're seeing him checking it down to McCaffrey to his tight ends and receivers and hitting the layups, which, hey, good. That's how you have to play football a lot of times. That's why completion percentages have gone way up in the last couple of years. The game has changed as far as what they want to do. But also, you have to hit the big-time throws and the big-time plays down the field. And that was one of the reasonings behind Sam Darnold coming to Carolina to replace Teddy Bridgewater. And the only time we saw that again was week one against the Jets in the revenge game to Robbie Anderson for a 57-yard touchdown. And after that, we didn't see it the rest of the year. And now we're not seeing it in training camp. Baker, he's hitting the layups. He is turning the ball over like he has been accustomed to do. But one thing that makes you feel like you can live with it at times is the fact that Baker Mayfield hits the big plays. Did it in Cleveland. 
had way more touchdowns through the air than Baker than uh, Sam Darnold has had, and now we're seeing it in Carolina. So when Mike Garofolo says that the wild plays, the flash plays, have been more towards Baker, it continues to lead me to believe that Baker Mayfield is obviously the best choice here in Carolina. Matt Rule is even talking about how, yeah, there's been a quarterback who has outperformed the other one some days, and then the other day kind of might even out that quarterback's Baker Mayfield. He's becoming more comfortable. He's now through 10 practices. And if you looked at Shaq Thompson, and we'll get into it later on the show, and what he was doing at that press conference, leads you to believe that these guys are starting to rally around Baker and they understand that the guy who's willing to talk trash to them, who's got that moxie, that bravado, that confidence, like that's the guy that, I, that we want to lead us into battle. So there's a couple truths about the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback. Matt Rule has not made a decision as far as who's going to start week one of the preseason on Saturday against Washington and Ron Rivera and our friends up there with the commanders. I have no idea who it's going to be. I would not be surprised at all if the coddling of Sam Darnold continues and Sam gets to start. Either way, it looks like Baker and Sam are going to play. He said that we're not going to just play one. We're going to play both. PJ will play. Matt Corral will play. And I'm sure that'll make a lot of people happy who are concerned about the amount of reps, reps or lack thereof that Matt Corral is getting so far through training camp. But at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina. Another truth is that Sam Darnold is not going to get traded unless the Panthers are willing to pay the bulk of his salary and do a move like they did a year ago when they sent Teddy Bridgewater to Denver and then what Cleveland did by sending over Baker Mayfield here to Carolina. The Panthers do not need to give up any more assets just so they can get rid of a guy who they made a terrible decision on by bringing him in here. That also being said, the Panthers are going to have three quarterbacks in the roster because they can't cut Darnold, and they're not going to obviously get rid of Matt Corral, so Baker is the guy. And the thing, too, about it is you can't cut Darnold because you also don't want Matt Corral to have to be the next man up in the event that Baker Mayfield goes down in week one. He's barely gotten any reps so far. You don't want a quarterback who didn't get that many reps through the preseason and training camp to be the next guy in line. At some point, maybe later on in the season, surely or certainly you would like to see Matt Corral get an opportunity if he's ready. You can't go in the season with Matt Corral being the backup and being the next man up if someone goes down early on, that someone being Baker Mayfield. And the fourth and final truth, what's going on with the quarterback situation is P.J. Walker will not be on the roster unless Sam Darnold is traded. And even then, again, I find it very hard to believe that P.J. Walker's going to be on the roster because I just don't see Sam Darnold getting traded. And he won't be cut because the Panthers aren't going to eat a near $19 million salary for a mistake. They're going to have to keep that man on the roster. Whether you like it or not, that's just the reality of the situation. So the Panthers may not be shopping Sam Darnold, but he will be here and he will not be the starter. This is Baker's job. Not to lose. It's just Baker's job. Another man who's trying to win a job and might actually start to be doing that is Iki Aquanu. We spent a lot of time talking about him in the offensive line competition and how upset people were that Iki is not the starting left tackle. Well, since Saturday, it looks like Iki Aquanu is well on his way to actually being the week one starter at left tackle. We'll talk about that more in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Y'all, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a brand new flavor. You ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it yet again. Let me introduce you to my new favorite and my really my all-time favorite Built Bar, the Cookie Dough Chunk 
puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus they're healthy for you. Cookie dough chunks only have 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run, do not walk. To snag a box for your family at Built.com, it will be a perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. And guys, it's really not that selfish to do it. They're so good. Why share with anyone else? Just make sure to go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order at Built.com. I've said this in the past, and I'll say it again. Matt Rule sucks at PR. Terrible at press conferences. Press conferences, a lot of times, are a useless exercise. They're also an opportunity for fans who do not like Matt Rule to scrutinize and twist everything that Matt Rule says into being something negative, even if he's just being honest. But then again, as Matt Rule said last week, He did not help himself by going 10 and 23 through the first two years of his tenure here in Carolina, and his messaging has been off. The Panthers PR staff probably should do a little bit of a better job trying to help him figure out how he should present the thoughts coming from his mind. Because a lot of times, you can poke a lot of holes into what he's saying. But hey, Matt Rule's trying. Seems like a good guy, trying to win games. You can only take so much what he says to heart. Actions speak louder than words. I'm sure you've heard that before. Now, the words that were upsetting a lot of people were that Ike Kwanu, who the Carolina Panthers drafted six overall to be their franchise left tackle, came from NC State. He's a hometown kid, having played at Providence Day School. He was going to finally be the one to end the constant turnstile at left tackle. But after him getting drafted, Matt Rule was saying during mandatory minicamp, that he had a long way to go, that he might have to lose some weight. And once they got down to Spartanburg for training camp on the campus of Wofford College, we were seeing Brady Christensen, the man that people were begging the Panthers to play last year at left tackle with the first team instead of Vicky Aquanu. And, of course, that upset some people. They finally got what they wanted with Brady Christensen out there in the starting offense line at left tackle. The problem was they needed that to happen last year, not now when there's a player that the Panthers have already invested a ton, being a top 10 pick in, and Iki Iquanu, who is a road grader, who sets the tone and is going to be the franchise left tackle. So what exactly are you trying to accomplish here, Matt Rule? Don't know. So we saw on Saturday that we finally got our dream of Iki at left tackle, Brady at left guard, Bradley Bozeman at center, and in the right off side of the offensive line, of course, figured out with Austin Corbett at right guard. And then Taylor Moten, excuse me, at right tackle. So we got that. And the hope was that that would continue to be the case. Well, on Monday, that continued to be the case as Ike Iquanu was once again with the first team offensive line at left tackle. And following practice on Monday, Matt Rule said that the Panthers are going to be more aggressive in giving him reps. What a novel concept. The Carolina Panthers are going to be more aggressive and getting their sixth overall pick, their first-round draft choice, a man who could have gone number one overall if a team needed a tackle at one. 
They're going to give him more reps. Not They're not going to give him more reps. They're going to be more aggressive in giving him reps and getting him prepared for week one when he has to face Miles freaking Garrett. Congratulations, Matt Rule. You finally figured it out. Now, I said not to freak out because eventually it would all work out in the end. They did not draft Dickie Aquanu sixth overall to have him sit out on the bench. And I know I brought up the comparison in a way of him and Taylor Moten. They took their time with Taylor Moten, a little bit different. There's not an all-pro in front of Iki Aquanu. And as we found out, too, Taylor Moten's a much better player than Daryl Williams was here in Carolina and has been since he left Carolina. Either way, we saw the patience that was afforded to Moten, maybe afford the same patience to Iki, and it might work out for the best. But they were never going to have Iki Aquanu sit out for an entire season. Maybe he would not have started week one, and he may still not start week one. But in due time, Iki Aquanu was always going to be the starting left tackle. So I try to at least be a voice of reason if I can and tell people, take a deep breath, relax. It's going to work itself out. It seems to me that all Matt Rule wanted to do was to allow the man to actually earn the job. Not just hand him the job, but to have him win the job. Okay, well, he's winning the job. He's better left tackle than Brady. Brady is also too good not to be starting on the offensive line. And one of the praises that they had of Brady Christensen was the fact that he was a versatile player, that he could play tackle, that he could play guard, and maybe even one day he could play center. Okay, if that's the case, then just go ahead and throw Brady Christensen out there at left guard. The best five on the offensive line was never going to include Michael Jordan or Pat Oflein at left guard. And I said, I said to y'all last week, you should be more upset that they're trying to throw out Michael Jordan out there at left guard than having Icky not be there with the first team at left tackle. Yeah, I get it. You've drafted Icky in the first round. You want to see him out there. But why would you put a dude who's not even one of your top five offensive linemen out there in a starting lineup? Makes no sense to me at all. Now Matt Rule seems to figure out who his best five is and has always been and then what we've known since day one. Don't really know why it takes this whole roundabout way to get there, but as long as he gets there... You can only be happy about it. Yeah, you can criticize the man. I'll criticize him as well. It's all fair criticism. But he finally got there. And part of training camp, too, and we talk about, like, what exactly is the goal of training camp? Because we're staying healthy. The competition's important. But it's getting a chance to evaluate players at every position and seeing where they fit. Matt Rule took the time over the first week or so of training camp to evaluate Michael Jordan, Pat Offline, and to see where they were going to fit on this offensive line. And seemingly, through eight days, he figured out, well, Pat's not going to fit at center, and Michael Jordan's not going to fit at left guard. We all knew that. Fans are wrong all the time. I'm going to be wrong all the time. Well, not all the time, but I'm going to be wrong about things as well. But it was always clear. And you didn't bring in Bradley Bozeman to not be the starting center when he has about 20-something pounds on Pat Elfline. He's been a much better player in the National Football League than Elfline has been now in his third stop of the Carolina Panthers after – not being good in New York, and then losing his job in Minnesota to Garrett Bradbury. You didn't bring in Bradley Bozeman to sit and not be the starter. You didn't bring in Iki Aquanu to not be a starter at left tackle. That, they didn't do all that. Matt Rule wanted him to go out there and earn the jobs. Okay, they're earning the jobs. Now enough of it. Let's get some O-line continuity. Let's cross our fingers that they can stay healthy. And at the very least, you have guys like Michael Jordan, Pat O'Flyne, and even Cam Irving. And of course, the younger guys, Deontay Brown, that is if he makes a team, and Cade Mays, who can come in, start for you for a game, maybe two, and blend in 
and add some quality depth, which we have not had here in a long time in Carolina. I'm just happy that Aki is aggressively getting more reps there at left tackle moving forward. Moving forward, we're going to need to see uh, some guys get healthy and stay healthy. The health situation in the cornerback room remains a issue and a concern as J.C. Horn returned back to practice in pads on Monday. And as I said to y'all earlier, seems like Baker starting to win over the locker room. Yet another example of that on Monday. We'll talk about that in more in just here, here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Carolina Panthers got some good news on Monday as J.C. Horn was back out there at practice in full pad, still only working in individual drills as the Carolina Panthers and their training staff are trying to be careful with him, all the precautionary measures going with the second-year player who had broken his foot last year in Week 3 against Houston, felt some soreness following the conditioning test, went on the physically unable to perform list, or also known as PUP, but he's now back off a of PUP. And we're waiting to see what's going to happen. Did miss a couple days during the weekend as the Panthers wanted to, again, be careful with him, not strain him in any way, as all we really need to do is have J.C. Horn ready for week one. And speaking of week one, Robbie Anderson, who uh, an interesting character and maybe the probably the most interesting of all the characters that we have here in Carolina with the Panthers, tweeted out on Monday saying, F the preseason, I'm ready for week one. And that's kind of my feeling, too, as we still have – Oh, man, what, four weeks until we're finally there for the actual game week? Uh, September 5th will be that Monday, Labor Day, and then September 11th we'll have week one. Yeah, I I feel the same way, Robbie. F the preseason, F training camp. Let's just get to the actual regular season and play some games. But then again, we need some football. I'm not getting off that narcotic just yet. Hook me up. I'm ready to go. Saturday preseason game one against the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera and that former staff up there with Panthers Mid-Atlantic, if we're still calling them that. And then week two, joint practices and the litmus test for the Carolina Panthers to see where they're at as Matt Rule still not really to say who's starting quarterback's going to be. We're going to find out after those two games that's going to be Baker Mayfield and then the dress rehearsal on the 26th against Buffalo here in Charlotte, which will probably not be a home game since all the people in Buffalo have polluted our city and they're all over the place. And I'm sure they're going to show up in droves for a team that I think is probably uh, the top favorite in Vegas to win the Super Bowl this upcoming season. So J.C. Horn back out there in pads. C.J. Henderson was back after rolling his ankle and missing practice on Saturday. So that's good news as the top three corners were back out there at practice. Now not all full participants, as we mentioned with J.C. Horn. A couple other players that were back but in red jerseys were Keith Taylor, 
who is one of the depth pieces for the Carolina Panthers at, at corner. Marquise Haynes, who survived the scare on Saturday during the first padded scrimmage with his knee injury. He's still day-to-day. I would not expect him to get any full contact probably the rest of the week, and especially on Saturday, maybe wait till next week with the joint practices to try and reintegrate Marquise Haynes as a team will return to Charlotte on Wednesday. I think, yeah, the Fan Fest is on the 11th, so Thursday night. So, yeah, Wednesday will be the last day in Wa- at Wofford. Then Fan Fest is Thursday before heading up to, of course, play Washington on Friday morning, I think. And then Saturday evening is when the game will be. And Terrace Marshall also in a red uniform, which is – that's that's just, like, concerning. You have two players in J.C. Horn and Terrace Marshall who are your top two draft picks from 2021. And both of them have dealt with injuries pretty much since day one. Terrace was injured when the Panthers drafted him. That's the reason why he dropped back to the second round. And J.C. was healthy, looked really good, but then suffered an injury very early on in the season. We did not see him the rest of the way. And Terrace even had a concussion that caused him to miss three games in the middle of the season. Have not seen those two players. And there are two of them. That There are two players on this team, J.C. and Terrace Marshall, that have to be good this year, especially J.C. in that cornerback room. But even the hope is with Terrace Marshall, who Matt Rule has basically already said that, yeah, he's going to be our, our third wide receiver. The Panthers are going to need Terrace Marshall to step up in the event that Robbie Anderson doesn't play well. And, of course, in the nightmarish event that DJ Moore, something happens to him. And knock on wood, of course, that doesn't. I'm not trying to put that in the universe, but just thinking out loud. It's been good that Rashard Higgins has come in and that he's integrated himself with the team and having played with Baker previously um, – with uh, the Cleveland Browns, that's important as well. As Baker talked about how he's been excited to see how Hollywood Higgins or Shard Higgins has stepped in here and he's started to learn the offense and really gel with everybody else. So you do have that backup plan. The corner, there's concern about the depth chart. We talked about that yesterday. Keith Taylor being back in the red jersey, that's a good sign. CJ being back after missing practice the rolled ankle, that's great, a good sign. And, of course, J.C. Horn being back out there in pads is a great sign as he is one of the most important players on this team defensively heading into the 2022 season. And... One other thing I was looking at, though, on Monday, you look at the quarterback competition, and one of the things that I said last year about Sam Darnold, and I don't want Sam Darnold to change who he is. He's a quiet guy by nature. He's never going to be a yell, rah-rah kind of dude. But you do sometimes wonder if people like that in football can take on that kind of leadership role. When I was in Tennessee covering the Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons, was a similar kind of guy as far as his deposition, his disposition. He was not someone who was going to be rah-rah. He was going to be lead by example. Back in college at Oregon, that worked out very well for him. West Coast, PNW vibes. It's not like you got to be in your face. But when you got the NFL and he's dealing with injuries and he played through them and he's struggling, then it's really hard for players to get behind you and to follow you. Now, Justin Herbert is an example of someone who's not loud, who's not rah-rah, but has the command of his locker room. That's because the dude's a baller. And Sam Darnold, if you're going to be quietly by example, you're going to need to be able to ball the hell out week in and week out, which he has not done so far in his career. Again, don't need him to change who he is, but you can see why it can be hard for players to get around him. And leadership styles are different. You have servant leadership. I mean, you have that commanding leadership that like a Baker Mayfield's going to bring to the locker room. You have all certain different types of leadership styles that work for people in different jobs, different settings, and it seems like in football setting, all the great leaders that we know about were that emotional kind of leader. You, you think about Tom Brady, and we might not love Tom, but that's what he's always been. Peyton Manning 
was that kind of guy. And especially at the quarterback position, you would love to see that. You see the younger players like Lamar Jackson. You see what Patrick Mahomes has done. Josh Allen up in Buffalo. People gravitate and follow them. Everywhere Baker Mayfield has gone, he has had people follow him. At Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, with Cleveland, until, of course, last year when they stopped, Baker Mayfield has been able to grab the attention and the respect of the locker room. Did not last in Cleveland, but he had it at a certain point in time. So far here in Carolina, it looks like he's starting to get that. You already see the connection that he has with DJ. There's clearly no issues with him and Robbie. He's willing to talk trash to Shaq Thompson, who's not out there practicing. He's willing to talk trash to Dante Jackson. That's just the kind of dude he is. And I, I, I kind of likened him to Jake DeLome. And that Jake DeLome was a fiery competitor, was a guy who was an underdog, and Baker maybe more of an underdog now, even if you look at the track record of being a Heisman Trophy winner and a first-round pick. But he's got the underdog mentality heading into this year, a vital year for his career and for him to still be a starter in the National Football League moving forward. He's come in, and it looks like he's fit in well. And yet another example was at the press conference on Monday when Shaq Thompson is out there messing with Baker, giving him a hard time. And Baker said, hey, man, I'm trying to be a professional right here, you know, joking around with Shaq. And I didn't want to take, make too much about Shaq and Baker right up together at the training camp. I still don't think it's that big of a deal. It might end up being important if there might be an inside story of just, hey, how that was where it really began with Baker Mayfield when he drives up to Shaq to training camp where Shaq is – Pretty much the leader of the defense. And now Baker, as a quarterback by default, is going to be, need to be the leader of the offense. Didn't want to make too much of it. Because, hey, Baker just got here. Shaq knows how to get to Spartanburg. Why would anyone want to drive on that portion of 85 South? That's a, all great questions and, way, and thoughts of uh, what, how that could have actually been rationalized outside of, oh, clearly Baker's the guy. I mean, Baker is always going to be the guy. And it was smart on Baker's part to try and sit back with a team leader in Shaq Thompson and probably bend his ear for about an hour and a half or however long it took them that morning to get down to Wofford and Spartanburg. And on Monday, seeing yet another example as the more comfortable Baker gets here in Carolina with the offense and with the team, the more it looks like he is the clear-cut guy to start a quarterback, which, again, we knew was going to be the case back on July 6th. But even better to see it now in person at Baker Mayfield is someone that has that gravitational pull yet again within this locker room here in Carolina. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Click down there, folks, if you're watching. Click, subscribe, do it. Trying to get to 3,000 subscribers over the next couple weeks. So that's going to be our goal heading into week one. And thank you to everyone who has supported this show thus far and all the folks who are new and enjoying the show. Tell people you know about it. Tell them to watch or tell them to go check it out wherever they listen to their podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council for every single Friday. Answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me at Julian Council over on Twitter. But again, click the follow button first at Julian Council. As always, y'all, take care. Be safe, be happy, be whole, and keep pounding. I'll talk to y'all on uh, Wednesday. Goodbye. <laughs>